Hi, this is Greg Warren, and you are listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Dave Fulton. And I just thought, man, I'm just, I'm just slinging jokes at drunks again. What's the big difference between, you know, what I was doing in America? I then heard this noise, this bell, and I stopped and I went, oh, it's Big Ben. And I realized, oh, wait a minute, I'm in London. And I'm smoking a $17 cigar. And I've got the U.S. equivalent of about 1500 bucks in my pocket. I made that night cash. So I thought, well, maybe I'll hang this one out a little bit longer. Well, it's been tough getting interviews uh, these days, as you can well imagine. Uh, A lot of comedy shows canceled. I interviewed Dave last spring, and I forgot about this, and I hadn't intended to interview him for the podcast, because I didn't think I had much had that much time with him, and it turns out I did, and uh, he later okayed using it on the podcast, uh, I believe. I emailed him, and, and he said that was cool. So, uh, I'm going to kind of pull this from the archives. Never been heard before, an interview with comedian Dave Fulton. He's originally from uh, the Seattle, Washington area, I believe, and he's had great success over in the UK, and we talk about that. We have a song of the week coming up from a Korean band. Yes, a Korean band. And uh, first, as always, of course, a dumb bit. time reluctantly for something we call what kind of nonsense is that i say reluctantly because i was going to do this last week uh, for last week's episode and uh but that's when uh, the corona hit the fan and i thought well it's probably not the time for this because you know it was we're being told to stay in here in ohio and i'm sure wherever you are in the united states and around the world even uh but the right before this happened and they started having these daily press briefings uh last friday march 13th uh, the, the one thing that keeps coming up is the fact that the last time something close to this happened, the Obama administration, sorry, uh, formed a pandemic response team to keep something like this from happening and from, from getting out of hand. Uh, and of course, well, here's what happened. Where, where we are right now is that everybody is recognizing, oops, it was a big mistake by the Trump administration to obliterate the entire infrastructure of pandemic response that the Obama administration had created. So a reporter from PBS asked the president uh, about this, and uh, there's no other way to put it, uh, right from his fat, lying face. Well, I just think it's a nasty question because what we've done is, uh, and Tony had said numerous times that uh, we've saved thousands of lives because of the quick closing. Uh, and when you say me, I didn't do it. Uh, we have a group of people. I could I could ask perhaps my administration, but I could perhaps ask uh, Tony about that because uh, I don't know anything about it. I mean, you say you say we did that. I don't know anything you, about it. You don't know We're about, spending, the, about the reorganization that happened at the National it's Security Council. It's the administration. Council. Perhaps they do that. You know, people yeah, let it, people go. You used to be with a different newspaper than you are now. You know, things like that happen. But this was, a, okay. this was an or- Please, this go ahead. So he just blatantly lied right to everybody, like he does about everything, all the time. Big, small, doesn't matter. And it's just just absolutely irritating. And again, didn't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, the fact that we had a way to respond to this probably, uh, at least to respond better, certainly. Uh, He's doing a great job, by the way. Don't believe me? Ask him. 10 out of 10. Anyway, uh, the fact that we had a way to respond to this, or could have responded better to this, and and he dismantled it, uh, of course earns a... What kind of nonsense is that? Dave 
Jay Fulton is an American stand-up comedian who has made a big name for himself over in the UK. But once a year, he comes back to America to do a few dates. And here now is our interview with Dave Fulton. I've got to run off to my other job here in a few uh, in a few minutes. This is perfect timing. Um, yeah, it's, I look back, it's been about five years. Um, ha, didn't you used to come to North America like once a year? Oh, a couple times, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I used to, uh, I've been out here for 20 years now. And um, uh, I don't know, do you want to record this or do you want to talk? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm recording now. Yeah, we're recording. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, yeah I've been living out in, the, in London now almost, almost 20 years. And I used to get back to North America about three, maybe four times a year um, when my dad was alive, but he passed away three years ago. Mm. And so I only get back about once or twice a year now. Because I still got property in Idaho. Okay. And I forget, where are you from originally? Uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Okay. And then I saw it somewhere... Up in Idaho, yeah. Did, uh, it was... Actually, what they're calling it now is the Republican Lake Tahoe, which kind of creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> um, who else is from there? Um, Ryan Hamilton is from... Oh, no, he's from Montana. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got I got confused for a moment. Um, so there there is a guy from Idaho. I can't remember his name, but damn, he's funny. He looks like an ice cream vendor. He's he lives in New York now. Oh, um, I think I know you're talking. Southern Idaho, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he started in Seattle or something. I know you're talking about. Um, so yeah. so you, I saw somewhere it was Mitch Hedberg that get, suggested you move to London or that you try out London. <laughs> yeah, I actually talk about it on the show the. Um, I'm doing a one-man show now about being a dad, but the uh, the two people who I can blame for me being here is Greg Proops and Mitch Hedberg. Oh, Greg Proops. And uh, yeah, Proops. Um, uh, we've been friends for a long time, and and uh, and he was doing some shows up in Edinburgh, and he said I'm going to go back next year and just take a door split and this and that and whatever. And I said, oh, okay, I'm only going to put friends up. I go, can I go up? Yeah, would you put me up? He's like, oh yeah. I said, do you think I'd work over there? He said, yeah, Dave. You know, you'll work in London because you have jokes. <laughs> And, and Hedberg came out and recorded a show, a show called Live at Junglers in, I think it was 96 or something like that, uh, beginning of 97. And, and he said, uh, I said, hi, man, that was London. And he goes, oh, man, London wasn't understanding what I was trying to do. I think it was too much for them to try to get into their head. They wanted simple jokes. Then he paused and goes, you should go there. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh so and you've so what I can't I know we discussed this before but so what kind of was get that kind of that push over the cliff that you were like you know I should move here. You know it's all been a big happy accident, man. I have never had a game plan. I've never had like there's so many young comics. I, I kind of envy them because they have oh I have a five year plan. I have to be at this point in five years. At ten years I have to be this. And it's kind of cool all the millennial comics that the older comics they back on it. But I think it's great because. Their attitude is like, nothing happened before me. They've never known a world without what we consider now just stand-up comedy doing clubs and stuff like that. So they can just like ease right into it and just be accepted. And whereas when I started, you know, 30 years ago plus, you tell people, I'm doing stand-up comedy. They're like, oh, what's that? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and I had to do really, really shitty gigs, like, you know, band breaks at discos and, you know, going on before strippers and all that. And those guys never have to do any of that. So... So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it just was is what it was. And so you you after seeing some success in London, did you figure, well, this should be 
uh, th this is it. I should I should make this a, a permanent. Well, well, what was happening was um, I was living in Seattle at the time, and uh, my roommate in Seattle in '98 kicked me out because he had a girl. I was all right, so I was just kind of living out of my car, and I started, you know, '98. 99, 2000, you know, there was just more work in the UK and Ireland and Europe than there was in the US. And so I thought, oh, this would be kind of cool. And um, I'll just give it a go. And I, I remember having kind of one of those epiphany moments. It was, um, God, it was beginning in 99. And um, I just did the comedy store in London. And they do five shows over three nights. And, and you know, you do 20 minutes, but they can be pretty, pretty raucous. And I did some other double ups. And I remember walking across this bridge over the River Thames. And it was about three o'clock in the morning and I'm smoking this cahiba. <clears throat> and I just thought, man, I'm just, I'm just slinging jokes to drunks again. What's the big difference between, you know, what I was doing in America? And then heard this noise, this bell. And I stopped and I went, oh, it's Big Ben. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. I'm in London. <laughs> and I'm smoking a $17 cigar. And I've got the U.S. equivalent of about 1500 bucks in my pocket. I made that night cash. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll hang this one out a little bit longer. Yeah. There you go. So do you, so, do you feel at home in, in Britain now after being there for 20 years, or is it, does it still feel like you're... No. <laughs> oh, really? No, I mean, the, um, uh, I guess it's not feel at home. I just feel a little bit more content than I have. I mean, for years, I... I resisted it, and I think it was after my dad passed uh, three years ago, I kind of had it, went, well, I guess I'm going to stay here a little longer. Um, yeah, it's just, the British are very, you know, they're tough to warm up to, but once you become friends with them, they're like friends for life. And um, so, yeah, I, um, I always consider myself American. Um, I'm eligible for a British passport, but I've never gotten one. Um you know, I like it here. I like the accessibility to Europe. I, be, I can be in the French Alps in like three and a half hours. I can be in Norway and, and under that. I can be in Italy and, and about that. And uh, that's cool. But I miss the mountains, though. I miss, because uh, I'm into rock climbing, ice climbing, playing uh -huh. the waterfalls, snowboarding. I kind of miss all that. But I'm building motorcycles here in my garage, so that kind of helps. Oh, wow. That's cool. Are there still things that you discover about Britain or British culture after 20 years and you're still like oh that's I didn't know that was a thing or I didn't know the background behind that um am I still discovering stuff yeah I guess you know um you cause I'm always looking for new things I'm always trying to try out new things and the um for the most part they're they're an old culture but they're pretty simple and and what I find interesting is they tend to they complain a lot, but huh. they tend to stick up for each other. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things to where in America, it's like, no, man, I'm, you know, I'm a Texan, you know, and yeah. fuck anybody who's not from Texas, that kind of thing. You get a bit of that around here, so it's like, you know, I'm a northerner, you know, I'm, I'm a Yorkshire, you know, I'm a Londoner. But if, if they're kind of all hanging around together and somebody starts bagging against the Brits, oh, you Brits are morons, they'll suddenly go, excuse me, what, what? What? Huh. You know, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, they kind of, they bond together on that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, I, I like the fact that, you know, Britain, no matter what you were to read, there's always a little resonance for, uh, uh, resistance toward, um, you know, new things. But yet, 
there's really great new things here. I mean, the food, you know, is amazing, and it's because it's from all over the world. Pretty much every place they conquered and tried to, oh, yeah. you know, exploit all their resources, they brought the food back, so that kind of helps, you know. Yeah, um, the comedian Jackie Cation here in the U.S. has a, a bit about the U.S. because if you go to a frozen food section in a grocery store, it's a, it, how does she put it, it's a, uh, not a monument, but it's a monument to American imperialism, but she has, she phrases it better. It's a really hilarious bit. Um, how yeah, far- I, I love Jackie, man. I uh, love Jackie. Yeah, and it's, you know, like I go to my, uh, I live in a place called Kingston upon Thames, and there's a market square that's been there for like 400 years, and, um, and they, there's food stalls there, so I can get Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese, Indian, um, Nigerian, um, gosh, what else? Hot dogs, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Well, how- you know, I can get um, Middle Eastern, you know, so yeah. How is the American food in London? You know what? I would kick a nut to death for uh, brown sugar, frosted cinnamon, pop tarts. I swear to God, oh, wow. you can't get them anywhere. Huh. Yeah, but you know, American food over here. I mean, there's a TGI Fridays, and it's you know, it's what it is. I mean, they don't really. Um, I make pumpkin pie for all my relatives, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> you know, one of those things. Yeah. But yeah, they uh, they kind of look as American food as um, yeah. You, you really like gravy there, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know. And then I remember, you know, my relatives came back a few years ago and uh, took them out for breakfast, ordered chicken fried steak, and I spent a good half hour trying to explain why, what it was, and <laughs> why it was so amazing. That's funny. Um, I listen to uh, Radio 1 a lot, and uh, they're always on about uh, getting hamburgers and pizza. The one disc jockey does breakfast now, Greg James, his favorite food is pizza, apparently. And I always wonder, like, but is it the same as our pizza? Because I know when I was in France when I was 12, it was not the same pizza. I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't what we think of as pizza. Well, they, they love Pizza Hut, but I'm a big, I, I love wood-fired pizza like you get in Italy, so yeah, yeah. I'm kind of torn with that. The thing is, is I love I love what Americans do to the burrito, you know, those mission-style burritos are just full of food and pico gallo and cheese and beans and no lettuce. You can't put lettuce in a burrito, but you get a burrito here, it's got lettuce in it, and you're like, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> sort it out. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love I love Mexican food. As a matter of fact, I, 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 um, I'm a filmmaker, too. I make a bunch of short films, and I just made one that made it into a film festival in Mexico. And I'm trying to talk to another friend of mine who got his film in there to go down there. I said, let's go down there and just eat Mexican food and drink tequila until people start staring at us. Come on, you know, so. Fun. So uh, let me ask you, how hard is it to get used to the driving on the other side of the road thing? Well, I ride motorcycles everywhere. So the cool thing about that is, no matter where you are in the world, a motorcycle is pretty much all the same unless you have an old British bike. So, you know, you know the shifter is on the uh, on one side and your, your brakes on the other. So, you, you know, the brakes on the on the right, shifters on the on, on the left. So it doesn't matter what lane you're in, you're still not going to mess it up. But my wife has a um, a mini with a five speed gearbox, and you're sitting on the right and you're shifting with your left. Oh. And um, yeah, and it's kind of like chewing gum, walking, patting your head. And, and trying to jerk off all at the same time. It's, huh. um, yeah, it's uh, sometimes, you know, and then people coming at you and you're like, holy shit, and what's, you can get used to it over here, but what's what's really hard is when I go back to America, the first couple times I'm in the States, I have to make a, a, a self-conscious effort to look both ways when I'm crossing the road because, you know, I'm so used to just looking one way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then you realize, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die here. And, <laughs> 
so are you just coming uh, back to North America for these shows at uh, Acme? You're going to stay and do some shows in some other towns, or what's the what's the plan? Well, I was trying to get some gigs in Spokane, it didn't work out, and so I'm just coming back for those because I picked I got to do these other gigs. I, I'm coming back just for Acme, sorry Acme, and um, uh, we're going to record a whole bunch of them uh, and do another CD. Somebody's going to film me Friday, which is, all of that's going to be a train wreck, and then. Huh. Um, uh, and then I leave Sunday night, get back to London, got Heathrow on Monday, and then Tuesday I have to go to Portugal and do a corporate gig. Oh wow! So I'll be there for three. Then I'll be there for three nights, and then I come back to London on the Friday, do two nights in London, um, and then and then two nights after that. So it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday I fly to Dubai and United Arab Emirates, oh. and uh, I'll be there ten nights doing shows. My friend left the teaching post there. What's that? My friend just left a teaching post there. He's uh, looking for a new assignment now. He was in Hong Kong and Singapore, and he was thinking Dubai for the past two, three years. And uh, now he's looking for another gig. Wow. Well, I'll be in Dubai from like the, I think it's the 8th, 8th of August. Okay. For 10, for 10 nights. Cool. Uh, well, great, man. Uh, sounds like things are moving in the right direction, as always. And uh, it's a shame we can't get you down here in Cincinnati sometime. That would be... Uh, Oh, I, you know, I love the place. You know, I was born in Akron, Ohio. Oh, really? I'm from Mentor. Yeah. And my wife's I'm an from, Ohio boy. My wife's from Aurora. My sister-in-law went to uh, Akron. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I was born in Akron. Grew up in Silver Lake Village outside of Cuyahoga Falls and Stowe. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were just yeah. up there uh, for the All-Star game uh, up in Cleveland. And, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Saw the Killers, free show. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. The, um... Uh, oh yeah, one more thing. Um, yes. Like I said, I'm a filmmaker, and I've got I I did a collection of five films called Bad Times, and the S is actually the number five, and those are going to go live on uh, Google Play, iTunes, and Amazon. Uh, I think uh, the week that I'm going to be in, at Acme. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, and I wrote and directed them and, and helped produce them. So um, yeah, they're going to be available for you viewing and, and for a very small fee, you can watch them. So yeah. Sounds good. Uh, so, what what kind of inspired you to get into filmmaking? You know, I love I love telling stories with words uh, on stage because I'm not one of these guys that uh, write a script about a joke mm. and then you know a gag and then memorize that and just repeat it on stage. I tend to try to think in pictures, so I try to verbally tell somebody what I saw oh. so they can maybe come to my oh. world. And so I just thought, well, just give me a minute. You know, I wonder if I can do that on film. And I think a lot of maybe transfers, because I've got a graduate degree in music composition, so I think some of it kind of maybe played over to that. If I can do that musically, why can't I do that with film? And and so far, you know, I've written a bunch of feature films, and they've been optioned, but nobody's really bought anything. Um, the only claim to fame I have right now is, is one of my scripts is sitting in George Miller's inbox. That's the only thing I can claim. Oh, cool. Do you know who you know George Miller is? Yes. Yes. Yeah, direct to Mad Max film. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got one of my scripts in his inbox because the producer asked him, who works with him a lot, asked him to get his, his opinion on it. And, and George says, well, I'm really busy with the project. I'll try to get to it as soon as I can. And which my friend said, that could be a decade. <laughs> yeah, that, that, the way the industry works, sure. Well, great, man. appreciate yeah. you taking the time today. And uh, uh, have fun in London there. Have fun when you're visiting North America. And I'll, I'll send your email over to the booker at uh, Go Bananas. You never know. Sometime when you're in the U.S., maybe we'll get something sorted. I mean, so things have calmed down here a little bit. I had to deal with the, uh, the you know, my dad passing away, which uh, is always tough. But you know what? He was 86. That's a good run. Yeah. 
and um, and now I'm a dad as well. And you know, now that my son is six, you can kind of you know he gets into the school thing where I'm not I'm not cleaning shit out of his ass. So oh, okay, I can yeah. Kind of move forward to that. By the way, we um, um, my son is adopted. Okay. Yeah, we adopted a little um, a little kid uh, four and a half years ago, uh, London born, and uh, and he's black. Hmm. Cool. And, yeah. Uh, well, terrific, man. Um, well, again, I, I could have got a white kid, but there's no material on white kids, so I got to get a black one. <laughs> that's true. You had to get a. Yeah, it's. Uh, you, had, you had to think uh, think ahead, plan for the long run. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, well, great, dude. Hey, I don't want to keep um, get on to your regular day job, and uh, yes. yeah, man, put my name in for bananas. I'd love to get back to Cincinnati. I think it'd be great. We'll do great. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll contact uh, Mikey for you and pass along your email. So um, great. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks, bud. All right, bye. Have a good night. Thanks again to Dave Fulton for being on the show. Uh, you. I don't know when and where you'll be able to catch Dave Fulton. If you go to his website, he does have dates planned through the UK as of the recording of this uh, podcast. Um, They are still doing things in Britain, even though they're being told not to under current circumstances. So who knows how long that'll last. Just go to DaveFulton.com, and I'm sure he'll update you on any changes to his schedule. All right, so there we go. Brings us to our song of the week. Song of the week comes from Fangirl. Uh, We were driving back from... Cleveland. Oh yeah, we were uh, looking for her apartment up in Cleveland for her because she now works, of course, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dad brag. And uh, we were coming back and she wanted to listen to stuff. She thinks everybody hates her musical taste. And I'm like, I want to hear something new. So reluctantly, she played me this uh, girl group from Korea called Twice. And uh, I mean, it's girl pop just as you'd expect. It is actually sung in Korean. But of course, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Pen Friend Club from Japan, uh, who are not the same thing at all. They are a group uh, that actually is inspired by uh, West Coast 1960s pop music. But um, I do like me a different sound in my ear sometimes. And, uh, I mean, this doesn't sound too different from Western pop. I mean, it's probably more Western than it is Eastern. In any case, uh, this song actually came out last year. It was one of Twice's bigger hits. It went to three in Korea. It went to two on the U.S. world chart. And it was uh, top ten in some other countries as well. So I think you will dig this. Uh, it's a little different, uh, but um, maybe we'll like more stuff from Twice as their career rolls on. I think they were from a career. Uh, Korean talent show, one of those situations, like a One Direction kind of situation there. But here we have it. The song is twice. Their song of the week on PS Tape Recorder, the group is Fancy. And again, uh, PS Tape Recorder, so long and thanks for listening. See the